Hello, listeners, and welcome to EdgeGuard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, and uh, we're back, baby. New new format. I'm going to do that every episode. Is that not right? Jordan, my yeah, good when, friend. When we talked about how we were going to have new... Uh, formats of the podcast we meant blake having sound modulation this is um, this is literally it it's just this <laughs> blake's announcer no. voice is exactly yeah, right. what we meant uh in, in order to um prevent myself from doing that this whole time i'm gonna go ahead and turn the effects off yes blake recently so, acquired uh i don't even know what it's called but a device it's just a mixer a mixer uh-huh. And um, so he wanted to share it with you. But we do have <laughs> right. a new podcast format that we're going to be talking to you about uh, today. Um, right. Slightly new. So, yeah, Blake, why don't you tell them about the about those changes? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, overall, I think not uh, a, a ton of huge changes. I think mostly small little things. Um, we just wanted to spend some more time, yeah, put a little more more thought into each episode and uh, a little bit more planning. Uh, mm-hmm. And as part of that, we're like, well, why don't we try and have some new segments or new things? So one of the things we really have wanted to try for a long time and just like never felt like doing it. And we're like, now we're going to do it is we want to have sort of a user feedback or listener write in. Uh, type thing mm-hmm. which you know we 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 ask people to send us recommendations for games sure but um we also want to start sort of opening the door for people to um you know give us their thoughts on the game that we're playing part of our um you know by like bi-weekly schedule we're hoping you know two weeks will give people enough time to uh, play the game and get their thoughts in uh, before we record the episode um and as part of that we want to encourage people like, hey, if you have a thought you'd like to share with us or you'd like to have us uh, ponder or abuse about on the show, send it in, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if you're if you're a developer. Um, that's another thing. We we sort of organically have gotten a lot of like uh, developers responding to us on Twitter. Um, and we just kind of want to like formalize that as in like, hey, yeah. if we <laughs> did an episode on your game and you have some thoughts about it, like send us an email, please send us a tweet, talk to us, you know, jo- hashtag join the conversation. Am I right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And by the way, uh, we have had this, um, accessible, but just to shout it out, um, you can reach out, uh, on our Twitter at edgeguardcast, or you can send us an email, um, edgeguardpodcast at gmail.com. So either if you have, um, thoughts about, uh, this episode or previous episodes, even, um, and then the usual recommendations for new uh, new games um, that you can hit right. us up at either of those places. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna try to have a little bit more kind of like specific targeted questions in um, each episode. We'll have that for um, this episode kind of at the end, um, right? But also, you know, um, definitely have the bandwidth to just solicit your everyday thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. If you want to send us like random emails, uh, your podcast music, do that, musings, right? Perhaps. Yeah, you know, podcasts just have like weird listener emails where they just talk about like Waypoint. They have the food bucket, you know. <laughs> Fuck it. Send us whatever you feel like, man. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, we'll, and then sort of. Oh, okay. go ahead. I was. Yeah, no, you go ahead. Uh, yeah. So okay. the the last thing that we're, uh, or not the last thing that we're going to want to try, but the last thing we're going to talk about today. Uh, is we're going to try a new type of episode. 
which is sort of a, a special topic uh, episode um, where we discuss either a trend in the games we've been playing or just uh, something we've been thinking about that sort of has to do with the the games that we talk about on this mm-hmm. podcast that you know allows us to focus in on uh, a subject rather than a specific game and talk yeah. about a bunch of different games that are contributing to that conversation. I yeah, mean, partially we do this uh, with the edgies every year, but uh, yeah. we found it'd be kind of fun to um, talk do about it kind of throughout. Do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, we we realized that um, you know kind of just the way the like like ultra indie space um works that we're dealing with with the podcast is you know a lot of people borrowing from each other inspiring each other it's just kind of a lot of overlap just because they a lot of these um, designers have pretty small audiences and so kind of naturally whenever we do the edges each year we end up having these little clusters of similar ideas similar genres similar uh kind of design um patterns that people are working with so we we wanted to try devoting an entire episode to um, those sorts of trends as we, we notice them in the, the course of the podcast. So yeah. uh, that's what we'll be doing. And that's what we do next week, actually. And we'll talk about the, the specific trend that that will be looking at um, at the end of the episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. So look forward to that at the end of the pod. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's, let's start the damn thing, huh? Uh, this let's week, uh, unfortunately, because we were recording the edgies and we still had some sort of like planning and stuff to figure out, we didn't tell you that the game we played for this week is No Longer Home by uh, Humble Grove. Uh, the primary two developers on this uh, this game are uh, Hannah Lee and Cell uh, Davison, uh, of which this game is sort of autobiographical. It's the story of uh, two two people, two friends. I mean, we'll get it. I guess we can get into it later. Of like, what they're dating, right? Yeah, they are. They mention an anniversary, um, right, right, uh, in the very end of the the game. But they haven't been dating very long, and right. um, I get the impression it kind of like m- morphed into one of those things. Where it's like they were really close yeah. friends, and then kind of uh, morphed then into it was a like, more romantic. Well, we thing. already lived. We already lived together. What <laughs> if instead of having two bedrooms, we had one bedroom and then an art, uh, like an office slash art working art space studio? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so so this this is an autobiographical. It's sort of a um, it's not really an adventure game. It's mostly a narrative game uh about But it is point these, and click. Yeah, it is you're pointing and clicking and walking around and uh lots of dialogue, but it's sort of a narrative about um these two people coming to the end of their uh college uh education and kind of trying to figure out what the next step of life is they're in that sort of like liminal space of like holy shit i'm 22 and i'm supposed to figure out what i'm going to do for the rest of my life oh god and then sort of Mm -hmm. an additional uh spanner in the works is that um one of them is uh not from the the gameplay takes place in the uk uh, and one of them is not from there and since they're no longer in school they can't stay there so yes, they're sort they're of getting, facing down. They have to go back their, to Japan. Yeah, they're they're facing down their future, and also the fact that they are going to have to be uh, apart from one another for a basically indefinite amount of time, as both of their uh, futures and all of their uh, friends' futures as well get sort of like thrown into uh, disarray. 
So that is what this game is. And uh, it's actually uh, funny. I, I So this game started <clears throat> development. I think it's been development for like five years or maybe even more. Um, pretty early on in the podcast, like I want to say three years ago, uh, there was a game that uh, sort of came across my desk, uh, as it were, uh, <laughs> called 29. Uh, and I was like, oh, this looks neat. And it was um, it had been a jam game. And then they were like, oh, we're going to release a, a final version uh, in a couple months. And then that a couple months came and went. Uh, and then uh, a few months after that, there was a Kickstarter where they're like, we started working on this and it got bigger. So we want to make a bigger game. And uh, I think even the Kickstarter was uh, two years ago, maybe. Uh, and this is the the final. Yeah, it the, looks like the, the Kickstarter point. closed in 2018. So. Yeah, yeah. So I, I started following this game back before it was Kickstarter. Then when it was uh, at Kickstarter, I was like, huh, well, I guess I'll see that when it finished. And then it kind of I'd kind of lost track of it. Um, and then, uh, actually on the waypoint podcast, waypoint radio, Kato, uh, mentioned this game, no longer home. And I was like, he was t- describing, I'm like, that sounds kind of familiar. And he's like, yeah, it used to be this, like it started out as this game called 29. And I was like, holy shit, I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, that's why we ended up playing it. So, uh, yeah, no longer home. Here we are. Uh, where should we start? Um, I guess we can start kind of descriptively. So uh, uh, Blake kind of gave you a, a basic summary of what the game is. The other thing I would say is that it has a, a kind of like surreal, abstract uh, storytelling style that does sometimes venture into full-on like magical realism. So it's got like kind of starts with just like subtly strange things. The um, uh, the way they animated is actually... Um, quite uh, attractive to look at but the as you walk into a new room sometimes the like walls will lift or the the space will like fall apart and it um uh it's very uh, it's just, just sort of like weird and abstract and then you start to encounter these uh alien beings <laughs> that seem to be personifications of the main characters like inner desires or something like that um, or maybe not desires, their fears, their uh, yeah, um, neuroses, their guilt. Definitely, lots, lots of uh, lots of neuroses in in this one. <laughs> yeah, actually, that maybe that gets to where I, I want to start with this game, which is uh, this game kind of bummed me out. Yeah, I was like, um, I mean, not not. I don't mean that as a critique, just as a description. But like the, um, I'd say that the middle portion when is kind of the, the game is um, where there's just something palpable about the like ennui of these characters. Like the, sure. it, it goes, it goes deeper from the, than just like kind of like ordinary 22 year old listlessness. The, these totally. uh, characters have like, you know, at times they seem kind of depressed and neurotic. Other times they seem like they're kind of freaking out, you know, understandably one of them is about to be effectively deported and um right and it just like it just like made me anxious for a while and then and then at the ending the the, um the sequence with them uh in bed together kind of talking about uh uh life and their personal philosophies and stuff Uh, i thought that sequence was really powerful and i thought that was really good but 
But man, yeah. there was there was a moment in this game where I was just like, man, I'm sad now. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think I think you're right that it's like it's not just the sort of normal, oh shit, I'm 22 and I'm supposed to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with my life, but uh, I think it's a it's a deeper examination of uh, not only those feelings, but also these feelings of sort of alienation with the world at large that these people mm-hmm. are having as and the the sort of lens they're seeing it through is like, oh, now I have to go be a part of the real world. And it's just like, oh, my God, the real world is fucking horrible. And especially yeah. I think it's important that these are uh, both art art students and mm-hmm. like they met each other through art school and all their friends are also art students or most of them, it seems like, um, because it is a lot of them reflecting on, I think, I think a certain amount of uh, their ennui, as you described it, it comes from the fact that they were art students and, you know, at some point they were probably really, uh, you know, bright eyed about like, oh, I'm going to go in the world and be an artist. And then uh, first of all, going through like, the the university system uh it seems like the uh, universities yeah. in the uk are pretty similar to the u.s where uh much of the the promise of getting a college degree uh is not as true as it once was uh yeah. for, for our generation it seems like uh a lot of the feelings they yeah. were having i did feel i did uh, find myself thinking like wow this is really familiar for being in the uk <laughs> yeah like, yeah it, it it felt there are actually a large large parts of this game and like specific topics that they bring up felt very real to me very and they i i they resonated with me a lot even though i'm no longer at the exact point in my life where they are at a lot of the feelings they're having i feel like i've also experienced yeah um and yeah. some of them more recently um, but, but yeah, I do agree. Uh, it gets a little tough, especially, I think, I think the character Bo, especially they are, they seem to be like pretty explicitly like depressed. Um, yeah. and it seems like they maybe have been that way for a while. Um, because as, um, okay, I, I'm not, so there's Bo and do, do, would you say Ao? Ao? I, I, was I wasn't sure Ao. exactly. In my head, I was saying Ao. And then about halfway yeah. through the game, I realized they were the names were just mirrors of each other, like AO right. and BO. And then and then when I realized that, my brain was starting to try to make them rhyme. And so yeah, totally. sometimes and I would like, call them like Bow. A, 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 and Bow or A like A and B. Uh, but yeah. I couldn't um, so yeah, I was saying Bo and AO, and then halfway through the game, I just started mentally calling them all sorts of things so <laughs> yeah yeah uh i will say very similar for me that's why i asked yeah um, and i but, guess it is also worth um just noting because it's narratively important but um another sort of big source of ennui for both these characters is they're both non-binary and um right one, one of the first things we see of them if you do the optional prologue not entirely sure why it's optional it seemed like it was at least semi-important because it gets referenced right. later in the in the uh they in the final sequence they reminisce about yeah. that scene but um it's before um it's earlier in the relationship when they kind of don't know each other as well uh a memory of them talking about um their lives in the future and one of them i think it's Bo mentions yeah Bo. Um, not feeling comfortable uh their gender representation and then AO also is like, oh, I, I feel that way kind of as well. 
Yeah, it's it's almost like not quite as you know in your face as like a coming out, but the, yeah, yeah, uh, kind of you know the character kind of says like, uh, I guess I never really said that out loud before. It's something that I've kind of like felt and been thinking about, but I haven't actually mm-hmm. said it to anyone. But yeah, I don't really feel um, they they express not really feeling like a man in the traditional sense. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely an element uh, of of their their status as well because I, I believe uh, what we're seeing like the main chunk of the game takes place a year after that. Yeah, am I, am I right um, in that? Yeah, um, I think so. They do mention yes, I believe that's right because it didn't seem to be implied that they were romantically involved in the prologue. And then they mentioned that their one year anniversary of being like right. a couple. Well, is okay. Coming but up. here's, so I'm not here, sure. I just realized they, when they reference the prologue about living at Friary road, which is the name of the prologue, they oh, mentioned right. that that was after year two. So right, I think there I was a the year in the middle there. Well, but where I, they it seemed like they together. did three, year, three years of school, though. Oh, is that right? I thought it was four. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how college works. Well, I just I don't, I know, I don't know how uni works. Let's see. In the UK, the majority of bachelor's degrees last three years. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh, there you go. Mystery so, so that's the thing that's different. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that that... Uh, that's a significant element not to be disregarded. Yeah. Um, I, 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 so I did want to get to um, something that immediately struck me about this game uh, straight from that, that prologue at Fiery road, which is that uh, there are a lot of dialogue choices in this game, but you are not playing as one character. You yeah. are playing as several characters, not even just the two main characters. And part of that uh, is that in dialogue sections, you get dialogue options where you can either say one thing from the perspective of, I'm going to say AO from now on. I'm going to say AO and Bo. It might be Good. inconsistent, but it's <laughs> no, that's I what like I'm it. sticking to. That, that seems uh, like the most intuitive. Right. So you can say one thing as AO or another thing as AO, or you can say one thing as Bo. And I really like that. It doesn't seem like... A, a revelation to say like oh what if you have dialogue options for more than one character in a video game but the thing i really liked about it is you could kind of you could steer the conversation in a way that felt more meaningful than in mm-hmm. a traditional game because i feel like uh partially in a normal game what you're doing is you're playing as you know the the player character you're kind of trying to manipulate the characters of the game to do what you want or give you what you want or, or, or bounce ideas off of them to see how the character would respond. Whereas this feels a little bit more like, no, I'm just guiding a conversation between two different people. And I can kind of take, I can take it whatever, whatever direction I feel like, uh, fits. And I can pick either the thing that I feel most represents how I think the other character would feel, or I can say, well, I'm interested to see, uh, what the response to this would be, or or where this right. would take the conversation. So I I really liked. Yeah, I mean it's funny. You I like I said, it doesn't seem like a a total like paradigm shift or something, but in practice, it it feels pretty different. Yeah, it does because it it becomes much more where your kind of motivation is to is like kind of more storytelling. Like it's the kind of the the story you want these two or not to these 
this group of people to have the the conversation you want them to have more than it's like the the person you want this character to be and it it does right kind of change your relationship relationship into the game in an interesting way and it does it is also worth noting that there is a lot of um i i'm not sure how much but you it is uh like meaningful choices you're making at least in places it does change the right. the way the game uh plays sir i didn't um i didn't replay it myself but i did watch a large portion of someone else's uh playthrough and there were entire scenes that i never saw um and i was oh, like yeah. oh, i was like oh wow this is um because it, it there was yeah. a few moments in the game um where they really give you some stark choices of the conversation and they're like totally they didn't even if mechanically they may have been uh, superficial the game felt like it was trying to say like you know these these are very different things you can say and um and right. so i was i was suspicious that there was some uh some meaningful um consequences to my my choices but yeah there was like the there's a sequence where you play a a, a um, interactive text game in the game right um and there was an entire scene and character in that that i did not encounter uh, and then there was a a scene that i did encounter that this person did not see in the play oh, so interesting. there is quite a and i i didn't like go systematically through to identify all the places that happened but it did seem like there were multiple places where that was the case yeah yeah i i the thing i really liked is that um you could you could, you, like I said, you could sort of direct the conversation. So an example I'm thinking of is, um, you know, the two characters or, yeah, this, the sort of principal characters are having a conversation about one of them sort of feeling negative about themselves. Uh, and as a text option, you can either continue as that character to double down on your negativity yeah. and say just like, oh, like I just really feel stuck. Or as the other character, you can either sort of say like i feel that way too or you can refute their claim about themselves and say well no actually you don't you don't have to be so hard on yourself or something and i yeah. i really liked it it felt that felt meaningful it felt more meaningful than you know like mass effect you know like uh, <laughs> red decision blue decision or you know like that kind of yeah. thing it felt like yeah felt like no like i can i'm just trying to steer this in a little bit of a different direction. I don't, you know, I, I feel empathetic toward this character and I, part of me understands where they're at, uh, because I've been there and part of me understands, uh, the support they need because they're experiencing something that I haven't experienced. And it's kind of like, you know, let's come on, you be a little easier on yourself, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I found myself, um, the way I was thinking about it is, uh, I was almost playing therapist in my choices. And that there were, I, I was pretty aggressive in uh, not letting them spiral down their, uh, yeah, their See, like self pity. I did a little, <laughs> I did a little, I did a little both. I just couldn't because, do it. I just couldn't bring yeah. myself to when they're being super negative. I was just like, nah. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, sometimes the thing is about it is that um, I think the thing here is that like both people are are struggling at the moment. Um, yeah, sure. And so. Sometimes it just felt like the right thing. And I'm like, I've been in that scenario where like you have a, a you and a close friend, neither of you are doing super well right now. I think especially in the, in the last like year and a half with all the shit that's been going on in the world. You know, I've had quite a few conversations with, uh, you know, a, a close friend where it's like, yeah, man, shit really sucks right now. I just feel like 
the I'm, I feel lost in the world. They're like, fuck man, me too. Like <laughs> I also feel lost. And so, uh, you know, it, it felt right a few times for me though. Gen- generally I was, I was trying to, you know, keep, keep everybody on the up and up or be like, Hey, I feel that too. I feel that too, man. But you know, we, we gotta, we gotta keep soldiering on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, um, what else do I want to talk about? Um, I I have okay. a I have another another thing I really liked about this game, which is the um, I, I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but the sort of uh, scene transitions and the sort of vignettes that we get as we break away from the main game. So yeah, um, there there's kind of like two gameplay flavors in this. There's um, you know, point and click walking around uh, the the flat where the the two characters live and are imminently moving out of uh, and sort of uh, walking up to objects and uh, you'll get this little eyeball. You can kind of reflect on them. Um, you know, you can talk to the cats, pet the cats. You can talk to different people that you encounter. And then there's the sort of like dialogue narrative bits where you're, um, you know, choosing uh, conversation options uh, but in certain uh, of the like conversation things, or even some of the things you reflect on around the house, um, they become these sort of vignettes where the camera will move around. And the thing I really liked, and I think Friary Road, the the prologue, uh, really set this up really nicely, is that uh, it'll kind of be like the two characters talking, and then the background around them, like the camera will just start moving, or or suddenly yeah. the walls will just split mm-hmm. apart and start floating away. And different things will slide in and out of view. And uh, sometimes it has to do with what the characters are talking about. And sometimes it's just like mm-hmm. sort of more abstract representations of how they're feeling. And I thought yeah. each time it did that, first of all, the transition felt really smooth. Uh, it didn't take me out of the experience. And I thought visually it looked really cool. And I, yeah. it gave... <clears throat> it gave the game a very distinct feeling mm-hmm. uh, that if it were just, you know, them sitting there talking to Chad. one another mm-hmm. the whole time, it wouldn't have that same sort of uh, spacey. Uh, I think you mentioned uh, magical realism and I, I think they yeah. even called that out. I, I forget where it was in the Kickstarter or somewhere where I was reading a, one of their self descriptions of uh, the game yeah. and they uh, use the term magical realism as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it definitely has that vibe and it, 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 it suits the game uh, really well, I think. Yeah. I, um, I feel like this game is kind of, um, it's very much about like memory and then also kind of about uh, just um, feeling like, how to put this like there's different just a feeling of being unsure about things and not kind of being sure where you uh, where you stand in relation to some aspect of your life and i think that that was that effect was kind of or that theme was very nicely um kind of reinforced by the mechanics in a lot of different ways i think that the the transitions that you talked about um kind of reinforced that very well and then specifically also the which we haven't talked about very much but the the fact that you can spin the camera and that this will right. this will grant you access to interactive um like interactable parts of the 
area that you could not interact with when the right, camera was right. at a different so, angle. And so it's kind of like you are, um, you, the player, kind of has an, an interestingly similar uh, feeling that these characters are experiencing where you're kind of like um, shifting perspective and having to see things from a new, a new angle. Um, and right. a few, a few of the the sort of like level design bits with that were pretty nice. I remember there's one where the cat was only visible from one of the four angles, and right. it was kind of a nice moment when you turn the camera like, oh, there's a cat here. <laughs> oh, a kitty! And, and they I'll had, just say hello. They had a couple kind of um, like kind of eureka moments like that that were kind of. Yeah, there are a few moments where um, as you're, um, I don't think we made it clear, but you're sort of 90 degrees at a time rotating the whole, um, the whole environment. And as, as you, uh, you know, rotate and you're sort of looking through one wall, Mm -hmm. anything that's against that wall, you can't see um, or interact with. Um, Even doors. Yeah, you kind of. Yeah. And it's, and a lot of, I feel like a lot of this game is optional. If you're really just trying to get through it, you could just uh, run straight through. Uh, but speed my run. general approach was to go see which, uh, yeah, speed round. Uh, my general approach was to go see which doors were available for me to go in and then go into every room and spin the room around and see what I could interact with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tried to do every one and, as well. And usually it does, um, flag when you're going to go to the next yeah, area. It'll, so it'll you, ask you, know. you if you're sure you want to sort Are of you like sure progress. you're ready to go take some snacks out to your friends. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I think so. It didn't really seem like that <laughs> I big a deal, the, the, but The I first guess. time that happened, I didn't realize that's what the game was asking me. And I was like, right. I guess I will. I don't know why I would just stand in here. And- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they usually try to do that to flag that like, hey, you're going to switch to a different character or there's just going to be a different scene. Are and- you sure you wish to quit? All unsaved progress will be lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think um, in general, the presentation of this uh, this whole thing, I think, is is really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it catches you out, because it could, ju- like, I, I think there's one where you, like, um, is it the toilet or the bathtub where you just, like, go interact with it, and then suddenly you get pulled into one of those vignettes where the camera's moving yeah. and the walls are flying away. You know, it's like, they're just all these little things, and you can just totally miss some of them. That mm-hmm. There are some that I've seen uh, that I like in uh gifts like on the steam page that's like i didn't see that yeah uh, yeah and i think when I, was I think that's also kind of a big um kind of relates to what i was saying before with the your choices actually matter which is that there's um a lot of replayability for a narrative game like i i would say in right, general right. Nar- narrative games you know by their nature tend not to be super concerned with replayability because mm-hmm. you know a lot of the joy of narrative is kind of a one-time thing once you know how it ends sure it's not one super, shot, <laughs> not super exciting, but, um, uh, this really, uh, not, not in just a superficial way in an actual, like real big chunks of the game that might still be novel to you on a second playthrough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I was talking about earlier, the way you can kind of direct the conversation, it's like second time through, you yeah. know, direct the conversation yeah. a different way. I'm not sure how much those conversations totally change. I'm sure the general subjects sort of stay within a certain area, but still sort of getting to say, have each character say different things and, you know, respond in turn, you know, that's, it's all good, good character stuff. And I feel like, um, revisiting some of it now, knowing the characters a little uh, better, I feel like would be, um, fun, you know, enjoyable. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Yeah, and yeah, also, like it, yeah, now that you know the characters pretty well, I think also some of their conversations you'd see in a different light. That might be interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, so what... Uh, you mentioned the the scene where they're like laying in bed talking is kind of like uh, being something that really worked for you. What what was it about that that you you really liked? Um. Well, I that's a good question. I don't really know. I think that it I just felt like uh, emotionally climactic in a way that I thought um, mm. uh, worked. I think there was for such a simple narrative. I mean, the plot literally is we walk around our house and have a barbecue and then go to sleep. Um, right. Uh, I felt like it kind of felt like the natural, uh, climax, like they, it's the scene when finally the two of them are alone together, um, right. laying in bed. And then, you know, that's kind of classic, uh, when you're feeling anxious about the future, you know, just laying there and talking. And then I think that the, right. uh, just the kind of content of their conversation, it was when they felt the most, um, I, I felt like for much of the game, the two characters were being kind of like dodging around the yeah, things they were they're thinking totally, in their negativity, yeah, especially they're totally often avoiding like, it. like dodging in a very negative way. And this is the moment when they felt like they were being the most honest with each other and kind of like right. talking about why they were most, um, you know, why the coming year was so terrifying to them. And I think it just felt really sincere and uh, I, it worked for me. And then also yeah. there's a slightly smaller thing. I just, the, they, they did a really good job with the, um, the sort of abstract tra transitions we've been talking about. It's sort of like the, right, the wall right. fades away and it's like this, uh, the, or the wall breaks apart and that uh, just sort of, I don't know. It just worked. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll agree. I really like that scene as well. I think, um, all the things you've said are true. And then what, one of the things that res resonated the most with me is it's kind of the moment where, uh, they address what they've been alluding to a lot about, uh, the function of, uh, society and, uh, specifically capitalism in <laughs> causing the, you know, disarray of their, in their lives, you know, uh, just being like, well, now I have to get a job and like, you can't live here because you're not producing uh, you know, yeah, you don't have a money visa. basically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there's a, there's a great moment. I mean, I guess you might not have had this happen, but, uh, I think Bo says something to the effect of like, I know that this system is like fucked up and it is so sad to see it like working against me and all the people I care about, but I don't feel like I can, there's anything I can do about it. Uh, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, because they they kind of cop to it they're like i don't feel like there's a solution out, uh, outside of like outright rebellion or like revolution but i don't feel like i'm ready for that and they kind of express like being feeling like they're not doing anything to change the like feeling like the 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 systems of the world weighing down on them and then not yeah. feeling like they can do anything to change it because it's just like they tried going to, I think they mentioned going to like the Marxist society or something. Yeah, he said he like, took, he, or um, I think Bo said that they took a, a like class or something as well. And they, right. everyone was just infighting. <laughs> right. And I think, funny. I think that's something that has come up for a lot of, at least a lot of my, my friends, I know for sure um, in the last several years of just feeling like, 
man, the world is really, <laughs> the world is really uh, messed up right now. It's like, I want it to be different, but I just feel helpless to change it. And I, yeah. that really resonated with me. And like some of the specific things they said, I'm like, damn, I, I've felt that exact, I've thought that same thing. I felt that same feeling. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, honestly, I've probably also had a similar conversation conversation while like laying in bed with, uh, my, my partner while we're supposed to be going to sleep. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. because it is, there's something about like, uh, we're supposed to be going to bed, but we're both anxious. So we're just going to lie here with the lights off getting deep for some reason in the middle of night of the night. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I thought that scene was, was, was really good. Yeah. And I think that I, uh, it also just sort of had a nice, um, uh, it sort of rhymed very closely with their, um, right. Their own personal, uh, problems. Cause so much, so much of it's kind of like about this feeling of, of being like powerless and kind of not knowing, um, yeah. Powerless, I think is what I would say. And so the powerless the or of, even worthless. In, yeah. In yeah. The most negative yeah. Sense. So the kind of, um, uh, they're sort of thinking about how this connects to broader position in society. I thought was right. Yeah. Right. Just felt yeah. kind of narratively neat. So. Yeah. I would say that's, that's probably my favorite scene. Although I really liked the prologue, the Friary road bit, just because I think it really captured that thing of like, we're opening up to each other as friends and it, it's just starting to get that feeling of like, maybe this could be more than friends, but right now I'm just really excited about being friends and getting to know and like getting sort of like weirdly open, uh, mm -hmm. you know, late at night, last two people at the party, like that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I also just like, you know, that's another situation I've been in many times that just felt very true. And, um, the way it was written, we haven't specifically remarked on, on the writing. Uh, but I think the fact that we didn't specifically remark on it is a good sign that, is consistently quite good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was impressed with the really writing. Draw attention to itself. I was impressed with it. And I was also impressed with, um, uh, like the depth of the writing. I remember there being a, a moment of just kind of being like, wow, they really, these conversations are, um, long without being filler. Like they're, they cover right. a lot of, uh, ground i mean i guess there's a little filler in that there's kind of like these kind of tiny there's a lot of tiny little um things you can interact with where it's just like uh right you know there's well, the, the pain is peeling here but even those they feel like they have kind of uh some point because it's like the game's talking about the you know uh, ao is very messy doesn't clean things up and um and so there is a lot of uh, i was just impressed with kind of how much material there uh how much meat there was to the, the yeah how much meat without there being like one person doing a big long monologue that's you know got a lot of ideas in it you know that i don't think there's really any of of that in this game yeah, of like yeah it really is one all person conversation it's all yeah. conversational which yeah. i think um yeah i i can't imagine it was easy to do uh <laughs> at all no yeah i uh, and I there's was, so much of it. i yeah i distinctly remember a moment of being like, wow, they really had to render a lot of conversations for this. Like, Right. Right. Oh, quickly while I'm remembering, I just wanted to shout out some of the other people that worked on this game, uh, because a few of them are, are, uh, you know, old friends of Edgeguard. Uh, um, 
Oh my god, now I'm forgetting the names. Uh Florian Veltman hmm. um worked on this game. Um Oh my god, Everest Pipkin worked on this game. Um I don't think we've uh ever dealt with anything that uh we probably have. Eli Rainsbury uh did um a lot of the music for this game. Anyway, just wanted to get those shout outs oh. out where I, while I was uh uh remembering it. Um Nice. Any other thoughts you have about uh no longer home? Um, well, the only other thing I have in my notes, I don't even know if it's worth saying, but I just will because I wrote it down. But the uh-huh. one the one complaint I have about this game is uh, the um, it often felt like the speed of the text scrolling and the speed of the... It does this little effect where it zooms in and zooms out as you interact with something. Uh-huh. Uh, it often felt like that speed was calibrated to someone who reads slower than I do. <laughs> Because I was often like, did you not know that you could just click again and make all the text appear? Uh, like a, yeah. And even with that, I was often finding it. Wow. Slow. <laughs> well, sorry. Some of us don't like basically read for a living. So yeah, know, I mean, uh, although that is a classic video game thing of just like, give me that. I, I can read these words faster. Just let me. Yeah. I, I, I there I was a point where myself. I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to let the game set the pace for me because I am right. Because it, yeah, it, it was clearly have... not, not just there were definitely places where I think they kind of had a, a just a set pace in mind you want to go, but there were also places where the slowness felt like it was uh, yeah. stage directed a little bit, and there and I totally. didn't grudge it in those places because it felt like you know the game had a designers had a sort of cadence to the scene that they wanted it to to have. And right, I like, right. I was like, that's fine. I can I can interact I with can that live cadence. With that. <laughs> right. Um, well, with that, uh, shall we tell the people what we're up to next week, perhaps? Uh, yeah. Um, well, this one was your, your idea. So why don't you, uh, why don't you give the intro? Sure. Sure. So, uh, next week, as we mentioned, uh, at the top, we're going to try a special topic episode. We're still not sure if a name for these, there's a name that's been, uh, toss back and forth that is starting to stick, but I won't say it here because we're not. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to force it. We don't. We don't want to stick it too hard. Uh, <laughs> but our our special topic next week will be photography games. Um, this is something where I think we first played a photography game in like 2018, probably with uh, Levedad by uh, Julian Cordero. Yeah. Um, whom we had uh, on the show to uh, talk about it. Uh, God, I forgot. Remember when we used to do interviews? That was crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in the in the years since, the the number of photography games has just like exploded. Um, I think um, if you watched at the sort of not E three events over the summer, there was uh, a few of those like wholesome direct things. There was one of them that had like three or four different photography uh like indie photography games mm-hmm. that are sort of in the in the more standard indie sphere where you know they've got a publisher and mm-hmm. uh, you know cost money versus a lot of the games we play uh <laughs> but um there's a ton of different games that we played that have it and even in like the triple a space uh the ubiquity of uh like a fully featured photo mode with uh with lots of options has become uh something that is in basically every AAA game that comes out uh, nowadays. So yeah, we wanted to just take that topic and talk about just that. So uh, we're going to get into lots of different stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of different games. So 
uh, part of our, uh, you know, mission to get some more uh, feedback mm. and, and, and input from you guys, the listener is, uh, you know, let us know of a photography game that you played that you either thought had a really effective use of uh, photography or uh, was just notable in some way or even if you just liked it, thought it was good. Um, I think we're going to go and try and like uh, play some games we maybe haven't before, or replay some games that we yeah. already did or just research uh, games. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, make sure to hit us up at uh, either um, EdgeGuardCast uh, on Twitter or EdgeGuardPodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it'll be uh, it'll be interestingly different, uh, sort of experimental. Um, I think we'll. This is a, a sort of game genre that we specifically for the podcast have played many instances of. So we were kind of thought we'd make a good um, kind of debut for this uh, this new format because we have a lot of material, even just from our own um, uh, previous games. So yeah, we. But if you have. Um, examples uh of, of similar sorts of games or thoughts about games that uh use that mechanic um definitely uh definitely hit us up um besides that uh we will uh talk about that uh in two weeks time and we hope to see you then see you next, next week, week.